But today he preaches in my fact and reality of right. what's happening today. That's right. When we have been going through this, we talked about the two witnesses. And it, never, it just really resonated in my heart and my soul, the two witnesses who will be sharing the gospel. And the whole world is so defiled that they will hate their guts, that they would hate them. But yet they can't touch them for like five and a half years. And then all of a sudden the beast comes out and, and smokes them and kills them, and they're dead for three and a half days. And if you remember, I don't even have it up here this morning, but if you remember... Uh, one of the things about his pheasant, they were celebrating the death of these two witnesses. They could not stand them. They hated their guts. They were glad. They were celebrating that these two witnesses were dead. They were dead. And so you know what they were doing? They were, I believe this, they had their cell phones probably up. And they're taking a video as they're celebrating the death of these two witnesses of the Lord right. Jesus Christ. You're right. And they're celebrating, because the Bible says, that what was fixing to happen was going to rock the world of all the unbelievers, going to rock the unbelievers' world. Yet it didn't change it. But here's the thing. They're celebrating the death of these two witnesses, and what did God do? He raised them up right in front of their very eyes. Amen. Amen. He resurrected them. And you know what? 56 years ago, you couldn't do it and broadcast it live worldwide. Right. You could not do it. So we, the reason I want to bring that up is because we're living so close. We're on the we're on the cusp. We're on the precipice of Jesus coming back. Amen. We don't know when that is. It doesn't matter. You don't need to know because if we know, we try to get ready. But listen, my friends, you need to be ready now, today, not tomorrow, not later. Be ready today. Today is the day of salvation for you. You can be ready. You can miss all this tribulation mess. You can miss it all if you would just allow Jesus Christ to save you and to be Lord of your life. There's only one way to be saved, and you've got to go through the cross of Jesus Christ. You've got to go through the shed blood that washes away every sin's thing that you ever created and made, and me too. We're all sinners saved by the grace of God if we trust Christ as Savior. Amen? Amen. So I want to encourage you this morning. If you're not saved, listen, be saved today. Surrender your life and your will and emotions to the Lord, the living Jesus Christ. Because there's a day of reckoning coming. You're going to give an answer for the hope that's within you. I hope you can give an answer today that Jesus is your hope. Without Jesus, there's no hope. Amen. And the Bible says that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess Jesus is Lord, whether you believe it or not. It's irrelevant. Jesus is. He said he's coming back. I believe he's coming back for all those who are his children. Are you his children this morning? Get saved today. You know, the Bible teaches us as Christians to really think about where we place our affections in this world. Where do you place your affections in this world this morning? Listen, in 1 John 2, 15, listen to what the Word of God says. Talks about not loving the world. In verse 15, John says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's pretty black and white. Amen? For all that is in the world, now listen to here, everything where Jesus was tempted right here. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. That's what the devil's all about. That's right. And he wants you to be about all of that. It's not from the Father, 
is worse than the world, from the devil himself. Verse 17 says, the world is passing away. Do you hear me? There's one day, this church, as much as we love it, is not going to be here. That's right. This building, anything you see, your homes, you, we're going to be gone. We're passing away. There's coming down. We don't know when that is. It could be any moment now. Jesus could come back right now. Amen. Would you be left behind? There's going to be a lot of people in churches that are going to be left sitting in a pew. We've already talked about that. And they're going to come back next Sunday as if everything is normal. And they're going to have church. Hopefully the word will resonate and they will give their life to Jesus. But they'll be deluded by an antichrist who give have an answer for everything. And he will delude their minds so they will believe a lie rather than the truth. Right. Today's the day to get saved. Not during the tribulation. That's a terrible time to get saved. Besides that, how do you know you're going to live to the tribulation? <laughs> You know, God don't call you home today. Today is the day of salvation. This is why we need to get saved today. The world is passing away and also is lust. But the one who does the will of God lives how long? Forever. Forever. The will of the Lord, right? Folks, we must always think of what's most important in our lives. Or who is most important in our lives. Amen. Amen. We should. Sometimes we set priorities in our lives. And priorities are good until what? It conflicts with what God's desires are for us to do. Ever been there? I have priorities. Priorities are not a bad thing. They're good. But if they interfere with what God wants you to do, they're not so good. There is really only one priority. And this one priority will put all your other priorities in perfect order. And that's to love God. With all your heart, mind, soul, strength, be saved. Know Christ Jesus as your Savior and love Him with every fiber of your existence and being, inside and out. That's that is the priority of your life. It should be there. Are you walking in the Spirit of God? Are you accomplishing the will of God in every instance and circumstance of your life? I hope that you are. There will be instances where you will face choosing one over the other. Amen? It happens. It happens to all. It will happen to you. The will of the Holy God must always be primary in your life. Amen. And sometimes your priority list of God, family, church, whatever that list might look like, might take a secondary place. And probably should. Because the will of God is what's most important as He speaks to your heart. Amen. You need to follow the voice of God. Follow His word. Amen. You know? You're saved. Listen, if Listen, you love God if, and it's a big if, the big if is, if you love me, he says, you will obey my commands. That's right. That's not, that's not, listen, that's black and white. It's like, boom. If you love me. Wednesday night, I know I laid some heavy stuff on Wednesday night in our Bible study. Not everybody left here feeling really wonderful, including myself. And it makes you think about what are we doing with our life? What are we doing uh, in God's kingdom, for God's kingdom, with God's kingdom. What do we do? In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, this is what God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Listen, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Sometimes we want to be safe. We want to play it safe. Sometimes God wants us to take a risk. But listen, when you have faith, there's no risk. That's right. Because God is an absolute. He's going to lead you through whatever it is you're going to make. Brother Chris over here, 
I mean, he's trying to follow the Lord and figure out where God wants him to be as far as to be a pastor of the church. Amen. He's called to be a pastor. Amen. And he's looking for a place to be a pastor. He wants to go to the God's place where God wants him to be. He wants to be led by the footsteps of Jesus wherever that takes him, whatever that looks like. And that should be for each and every one of us in this room this morning. God's thoughts, listen, are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so he says, so will my word be with me, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty or void. God's word is powerful, right? Without accomplishing what I have desired and without succeeding in the matter for which I send it. God's word is powerful. His will is powerful. What God says, God is going to do with you or without you. Amen. Listen, God doesn't need us to accomplish a blessed thing. He doesn't need you. And I think about that and I think, wow. But check this out. You and I get to. Amen. We get to do whatever God calls us to. What a joy in our hearts should be. We get to do what Jesus Hear his voice. Do what Jesus says to do. Do the next right thing. Hear his voice. Make sure your heart is pure. Make sure your mind is clear. Make sure you're clean. Make sure you're ready. Listen, let God lead you and guide every footstep of your life until you exhale your last breath and inhale your next breath in his presence. God loves you. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to be right. He wants us to follow him every day of our life. And I pray that you are. We have a lot of good folks here that do that very thing. And I think about this. I think about the will of God. <laughs> it's going to rain. Anybody ever stop the rain? But think about this. Think, I mean, just think about it. We can't stop the rain. Only God can stop it. It's hard. But it affects all of us. God's will. Is always accomplished with you without you. I say, I say, get out of the bleachers, sitting in the parade, and get in the parade. Yeah. So many times we want to sit in the bleachers and watch the parade. Woo, yeah, some candy. And we as Christians can act like that, right? But wouldn't it be more fun to be in the parade? Woo! Marching down there, singing the songs. Come on, that would be fun. I know I've been in a few myself. <laughs> In my history. So let's be diligent to listen to what God says to us. Amen? Then trust what He says. Don't just listen. When you listen, then listen. And you will turn on and trust what He says. Ladies, I know you've heard this before. And then you will follow in what? Obedience to Him. Walk in obedience to Him. If you love Him, you're going to obey Him. And that's as black and white as it comes. If you don't obey him, you don't know him. That's right. But if you love him, you're going to obey him. And if you obey him, uh, then, then you love him. And I just, and I love him. <laughs> All right? Revelation chapter 17, you all ready to go? We're going to see what the harlot Babylon is this morning. 
me now. Come on, we got two chapters to get through it till we get to the glorious return of Jesus, right? But I want us to focus on this because, listen, I want your heart to be burdened. I want it to feel like you feel. Man, we've been judgment, 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 judgment since chapter 4 or chapter 5. We've been, it's not been nothing but judgment. Seven seals, seven trumpets, seven personalities, right? Now we had the, we had the seven uh, bowls last week, right? Remember the seven bowls? But this was taking a turn. The picture is changing. We did the seven bowls that have been being poured out. Now we're going to look at the city and how those bowls affect the city of Babylon and the people of the world. Revelation 17, starting at verse 1. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality. And those who dwell on the earth were made drunk with the wine of her immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit, capital S, the spirit, into a wilderness. And he says, and I saw a woman sitting on the scarlet beach, full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. Can you picture that? I can't even picture that, you know, sort of. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her immorality. And on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus, when I saw her, John said, I wonder greatly. Now listen, here we have one of the seven angels from last week's delivering the seven bowls, right? That's who one of these angels are. He connects the dots relating the seven bowls to the harlot city or world system called Babylon. Revelation 16, 1-21. That's last week's message that we had. So you can go back and look at that online. So in chapter 17 and 18, we will see a snapshot change from the sequence of what was sequentially happening or going on in chapter 16 with the passing of the seven bowls of judgment. We will look at the Antichrist world empire, which was the target of those judgments. The harlot that we that, that will be judged is not a woman prostitute as you and I would think today. Just so you know, in the sense that we understand what a prostitute is, amen? The word harlot here, when you look at it in the original, is a way of saying false religion. False religion or defection from the spiritual or idolatry, right? Also religious apostasy, an abandoning of the faith in Christ. It's a walking away from any kind of faith in God or Christ. There are several aspects to this harlot city called Babylon. And we will see it uh, today. We will see the religious system in chapter 17. And we will see the commercial system in chapter 18. So the religious system today we're going to look at. In Revelation 17, 15, listen, you're first filling the blank on there. There are different, there are several aspects uh, to all of this. To, to, to the harlot. And I want you to get this. Number one, the first one is her authority. Her authority. 
Revelation 17, 15, all the way down to 15, he says, And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Now listen, folks, the literal Babylon that we know of from the Bible in the past, think about it, existed on the Euphrates River, passing right through the middle of it. That's where the original Babylon was. Jeremiah 51, 12 and 13 says, What he spoke concerning the inhabitants of Babylon, verse 13, O you who dwell by many waters, abundant in treasures, your end has come and the measure of your end. The real city of Babylon in antiquity took its seat along the river Euphrates. This Babylon in the future will do the same thing. Will do the same thing. But this is not about a geographical location, folks. I want you to know that this morning. It's about people, and it's about nations, and it's about the world. That's what it's about. This harlot will dominate the world of all unsaved people of the entire world. All lost people, all unregenerate, unrepentant people. Listen, this involves each and every one of them. Now listen, bless God. We know Jesus is Savior. We're not going to be here for this. Amen. Keep that in the back of your mind. Amen. But you know people who could be here for this. Amen. Equally, we know people who could be here for all of this. And I know you know what we We need it. We need to get busy. Listen, her authority, that is going to be universal in scope. It's going to be worldwide. The second thing, aspect, is her alliances. Oh, she has alliances. This is how she does it. Verse 2, with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of immorality. And those who dwell on the earth, listen, were made drunk with wine of her immorality. And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. So the first thing I want to talk about here, she will be allied not only with kings of the earth, but every unbeliever on the globe, every person on the globe shall be allied with. Every unbeliever, every king, every common person, they will become drunk with the wine of her immorality. Immorality. We're already seeing it today. We're already seeing it in a huge scale in our country and globally around the world. All lost people caught up in the final false religion of the world. See, that's where Babylon, that's where it all started. The Tower of Babylon. That's where all the false religions started. The Tower of Babylon, Nimrod. You go back and read all those stories of that. These are those intoxicated with the Antichrist's false world religion. The second thing is the angel carries John away in the spirit of God into a wilderness. Carries him away. This is a vision. In this wilderness, John sees a woman sitting on a scarlet beast. Here the beast, the Antichrist, the beast is the Antichrist, is supporting the harlot. Now remember the false religions of the world. The Antichrist is supporting these false religions within the world. This initial unifying and controlling factor of Antichrist's kingdom will be the religion of the world. People will look for supernatural power that the Antichrist will provide for a time to find relief from the judgments of God. To look for answers to the judgments of God. And he will provide answers, false answers. He will woo people to trust him and to believe in him, the Antichrist. This beast and woman will coexist for a time. 
They will coexist. The false religion of society in the world is going to coexist with this Antichrist for a period of time. But a time will come where the beast will separate himself from the harlot, becoming a religion all to himself, all to himself, sharing with no one, leaving the woman desolate and naked, eating her flesh, and will burn her up with fire. Scriptures, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. The abomination of desolation, which takes place in the third temple when the Antichrist reveals who he really is. He wants everybody to worship him. This is where the false prophet also will make the world worship the Antichrist. He's going to have help. He's going to have a false prophet that's going to be able to do signs and wonders too. And he's going to drive people to the Antichrist. He's going to prop up the Antichrist as being everything. Everything will be unified. Listen, from here on out, the beast will rule over all. Also, scarlet in color associated with luxury and royalty, right? It also, listen, it's also the color of sin. You know that? Color of sin. Isaiah 1.18 Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins be like what? Scarlet. Right? But they will be washed with white as snow. We see the Antichrist will take for himself the names and titles that belong to God. The beast has seven heads, right? You have ten horns. Can you imagine that? I'm like, hmm, I can't imagine seeing something like that. The seven heads represent seven mountains or seven kings of past, present, and future governments. Ten horns are ten kings, in verse 12, who will rule subordinates, listen, will rule subordinates to the Antichrist, in verse 13. The harlots embrace, listen, will include all the unredeemed kings and rulers, as well as all the common people globally all over the world. Everyone worshiping and submitting to her form of religion. That's what everybody's going to do. A one world globalism government, a one world religion, that's where we're headed. And we know, we see it today. And it's not talking about chips in your hands that you can buy groceries and tell you who you are. Listen, it's all coming. I'm not saying that's the mark of the beast. We know there's a mark on the forehead and in the hand. But you will know if you're here. I don't know, right? How about you? I don't plan on knowing. I plan on being, being with Jesus, right? Yeah. Amen. I look for that day. It's going to be a great, great day for us. I know. So sad for the people that are around. Church and state will be united here like never before that we've seen. People cry separation of church and state. But listen, when you don't believe God, believe, listen, there is a religion in you. You may not be a religion like coming to church, but you, listen, there is a religion in every person's life. That's right, brother. Whether it's their job, or it's another person, or whatever, it's in you. I'm glad Jesus is in us. Amen. Amen. What, a, what a beautiful thing. Number three, the third aspect I want you to write down is her clothing, what she's wearing. Verse 4 says, The woman was clothed in what purple and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones, and pearls, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations, and of the unclean things of her immorality. Now we know that prostitutes dress to attract attention to themselves. Amen? We do know that. She was clothed in purple, scarlet, colors of royalty, nobility, and great wealth. Gold and precious stones were her covering. Ezekiel 28 talks about that too. I'm going to read Ezekiel. 
She is attractive and she is wealthy. Right? World system there. Number four, let's go to number four. Let's talk about her abominations. Her abominations. Verse four, uh, B says, having in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her immorality and on her forehead a name was written, a mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. She had in her hand a gold cup. This is a cup of abominations full of unclean things of her immorality, all unclean things, where she makes the world drunk so that she can take everything that her victims have in the world, for they are drunk to her evilness. That's what people buy into, the evil wickedness of the world. And they don't even realize it. They're drunk with evil. They're drunk with her stuff. That's right. Her drink. They don't even know. They don't even listen to me. You used to watch people out here, and, and I've said it before, man. I've had I know people who identify and they're a man and identify as a woman. And it's because of the way they feel. It's never about how you feel. Amen. It's about who you are. Your feelings get you in trouble. Amen? They do. That's why you wear a breastplate of righteousness. Amen. You protect your heart, which is the seat of your feelings. We've got to love these people. We've got to love our kids and our young people back to Jesus. We've got to love them. We've got no slam them, but we love them back. They need to hear the truth. And the only way they hear the truth is we've got to share it with them and show them the truth of the word. We must, we must do that. Jeremiah 51, 7 says this, Babylon has been a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, intoxicating all the earth. That's what she does, that's what the world system does, the world. The nations have drunk of her wine, therefore the nations are going mad. Amen? Would you agree? The crazy stuff that we expose and see every day in our news, if you watch it, if you want to bear it. Keep in mind, this is a future city to be revealed in the end times yet to come. It's going to get far more worse than you see it today. Right. This is nothing. This is a piece of cake compared to what it's going to be That's after right. Jesus takes all of us out of the world. That's right. It's going to run amok around globally. Babylon will be the source of all false worship. All of them. The fifth aspect is her ac accusation. She has accusations, right? Verse 6 says, And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. When I saw her, John said, I wonder, great. He couldn't believe what he was saying. He couldn't believe it. This harlot is drunk, but not with drink, but drunk in the blood of the saints that have been killed and martyred. Think about that. With the blood of the witnesses of Jesus. This false religion, remember, is a murder. And there are people out there that are talking about that people are not going to be saved in the tribulation period. I was having a, a conversation with a couple last night. Who some friends have told them from another church that there's not going to be any Gentiles saved during tribulation. Well, my Bible explicitly tells me we covered it. Amen? We had 144,000 Jews going to spread the gospel worldwide. Who are they spreading it to? They're spreading it to the whole world. That's right. You got an angel flying around around the globe, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, whoever shall hear it, man, get saved, be saved, be right. Yeah. And the Bible says there's going to be myriads of Gentiles that are going to be saved. Yeah. More than 140 million, myriads.
for seven years. It's going to be one of the greatest revivals the earth has ever known. But I'm going to tell you, it's going to cost these Gentiles their very soul and their very, their very life. Not their soul, but their life, praise the Lord, right? It's going to cost them their life. They're going to be martyred. We talked about the throne of God. We talked about the throne, and Jesus was on it. He opened the seventh seal. Who was under the throne? All the martyred saints. All the martyred saints were underneath the throne. Begging the Lord, oh Lord, when are you going to avenge our death? When are you going to avenge our death? When are you going to avenge our death? All the people saved in tribulation from underneath that throne. The harlot is drunk, but not with the drink, but drunk in the blood of the saints of God. John himself was perplexed at what he saw. He was amazed at what was going on. Confused, dazed, shocked, frightened. A magnificent figure of a woman with such a deadly intent. She had such deadly intent. He couldn't believe it. It shocked John. Now let's look explain for the heart. Right? Verse 7 it says, And the angel said to me, Why do you wonder? Asking John, right? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth, listen closely, whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation from the beginning of time, right, will wonder when they see the beast that he was and is not and will come. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits, and they are seven kings. Five have fallen, one is... The other has not yet come, and when he comes, he must remain a little while. A very little while. The beast which was and is not is himself also an eighth and is one of the seven. And this confusion explains it. And he goes to destruction. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings. You go in Daniel, read all about that. Kings who have not yet received the kingdom, but they receive authority as kings with the beast. For one hour. Think about that. Short time. These have one purpose. And they give their power and authority to the beast. John here was asked by the angel. Why do you wonder? And the angel is going to explain the mystery of this woman to him. In verse 18 actually. The woman whom you saw is the great city. Which reigns over the kings of the earth. A great city, the rebuilt city of Babylon. It will be the Antichrist world empire capital city from where he works from. This city will be the center of his kingdom. His kingdom being the whole world. In verses 8 through 14 is a lengthy description of the beast we've talked about. He explains that relationship between the harlot and the beast. The beast that John looks at is the Antichrist. That is who the beast is, the Antichrist. He will be Satan's instrument to attack Israel and the world, actually. Prospective believers conquer the world for Satan and oppose Jesus Christ. The Antichrist and the harlot or false religion will coexist for a time, I said earlier. This is all headed by the false prophet with his signs and wonders. And he's gathering the people and pointing them to the Antichrist. Just like we point people to who? The unbelievers are going to be pointed by the false prophet to the Antichrist. And that's what's going to happen. There's always a counterfeit for the living Lord Jesus 
day's resurrection of the Antichrist, he will turn on the false religious system to destroy it all. In other words, the Antichrist is going to fake a death. And when he fakes that death, he's going to be supposedly resurrected. And the people are going to be so fascinated by that. They're going to succumb to him. He only tolerates one world religion himself. He will shock the world when all of this happens and he gets up. Those in verse 8, and those who dwell on the earth are all the unbelievers. All unbelievers. Those do not have their names recorded in the book of life. Only the saved people will not fall for the Antichrist deception. Matthew 24, 24, for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead the impossible, even the elect. Save folks. The angel's statement in verse 9, here is the mind which has wisdom. All readers must pay attention to what falls next. The seven heads of the beast are seven hills on which the woman sits. Some people say those seven hills represent the kingdom of Rome. But when you think about it, the scope of Rome is much too small for that. For the Antichrist rules where? Worldwide. So Rome is just too small. The Antichrist rules worldwide. This text plainly identifies the mountains as seven kings. Seven kings. Mountains are used in the Old Testament to represent rule of power. They are. Isaiah 2.2, for example. Now it will come about in that day. It will come about, it will come about that in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord, hear me, will be established as the chief of the mountains and will be raised above the hills, and all the nations will stream to it. These are seven world empires, listen, led by their rulers. The angels tell John that five of them have fallen. Egypt, think about this, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, listen, in Greece. And of course, the one that existed at the time that we're talking about here when this was written was Rome. Think about that. And the other one that has not yet come is who we're talking about today, the Antichrist. Has yet to come, the world empire. The angel further says he must remain a little while. In other words, his empire will be short-lived, a total of 42 months, three and a half years. That's what it will be, or the second half of the tribulation. Look at verse 11. It says, the beast which was and is not my underscore was and is not, is himself also an eighth and is the one of the seven, and he goes and he goes to destruction. The answer lies in the phrase the beast which was and is not. Antichrist will be one of the seven kings before his supposed demise and resurrection, and the eighth king afterwards during the second phase of his rule. Antichrist will go to destruction or eternal damnation in the lake of fire in chapter 19, verse 20 of Revelation. Unlike the first six empires, his empire will be destroyed by a direct act of God. His name is Jesus. Amen. Finally, right? The angel further explained that the ten horns are the ten kings. They are not known to an earlier generation because they have not yet received the kingdom. Why? They are part of the Antichrist's future empire. Maybe these ten kings will rule under the Antichrist. As ten ruling regions, they will be, listen, totally devoted to the Antichrist rule. Totally devoted to the Antichrist. 
the reference to one hour means his reign will be extremely short, very short, very, very short. Their purpose is to wage war with the Lamb at the Battle of Armageddon. That's their purpose. Guess who wins? Amen. Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Amen. Completely destroying the opposing forces with the word of his mouth. Amen. He will do it. Nothing can defeat him because he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. And with Christ, listen, with Christ when he returns, he will be. That's what he will be when he returns. He is. He already is the King of Kings. He already is the Lord of Lords. Can't change that. But when he comes, he's going to be the reigning King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Verse 14 says, These will wage war against the Lamb. And the Lamb will overcome them because he is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And those who are with him are called the chosen and faithful. And he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Matthew 24, verse 30 says, And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. What a glorious picture. What a glorious day that's going to be for each and every one of us. Amen? Christ will without effort crush the greatest armed force ever assembled in the history of the world when he returns with his elect and all the holy angels. Verse 16. And then ten horns which you saw and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. And verse 17 says, For God has put it in her heart to execute his purpose by having a common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. So this alliance the Antichrist has with the false religious system, it will not last. It will not last. For the Antichrist will turn and hate the harlot, the religious system that he so encompassed, he's going to hate them and he's going to destroy them. He's going to turn them off. Why? Because he wants to be worshipped. His selfish desire to gain control of the entire world, and he wants to be the God of this world. Always has from the very beginning. The Antichrist will get rid of the harlot, wanting the world to worship him alone. Hating the harlot and will make her desolate and naked, is what he says. What it says. It's called annihilating the false religious system. This is all control in the scope of God's master plan. You think God's surprised by this? No way. It's all part of his plan. You're part of his plan, you know that? Amen. I hope you're in the way. I hope you know me as Savior. You're part of his plan. It's called annihilating the false religion. Truly, we see Satan used as an instrument of God to fulfill his perfect will and plan in the world. Think about all of our humanistic people in the world today. Listen, they're going to get exactly what they want. And then the end will come so abruptly for them, they're going to be totally. That's why when you get to heaven, every mouth is going to be shut in the book of Romans. They're going to have no excuse. They're not going to have no rebuttal. They're not going to say, but, 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 but. no. They're going to see the majesty of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the Bible says every mouth is going to be shut because they're going to know right that instant that they messed up. Amen. Hey, They will finally arrive only to be destroyed in one great act 
system will be finally fulfilled completely. Amen. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, listen. Maybe the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. I'm going to give you an opportunity right now to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and your life. Pray. Ask him, say, Lord Jesus, confess him, say, you're a sinner. Tell him you're a sinner. Tell him you've done it all. Lie, cheat, steal, whatever it may be. Tell him. He already knows. You ain't surprised him. He already knows my sin. What he asks you to do is to acknowledge it before he's done. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I don't know how you're going to do it, but come into my heart and wash me clean. Take every sin stand from my life. You know, Jesus already did that for me 2,000 years ago.
get you what to do next. If you ask Christ in your heart, then make sure. We'll step aside. You can tell me. We'll step in my 